Welcome everyone to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. I take orders from two people, no one and not you. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 513, Principia, is brought to you by Max Prosthetic Procurement service he does what the candy man can't and he'll get you an arm or a leg well done pete and before we dive on into shield we must talk uh, about the uh the latest avengers trailer released well i guess maybe we're not going to talk about it we just need to talk that it dropped today it's absolutely fantastic and uh we had a discussion right before we went on mike hey should we pre-order our tickets I'm like, five weeks out? Come on. Um, there are so almost sold-out theaters <laughs> in our area, yes. show after show after show. I'm the last person in the world to want to do a pre-order more than a couple weeks out just because I don't want to buy into the hype or I don't want to hand over my money. Um, the seats we like to get are sold out in like six, seven different shows. And in six, seven different theaters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hype intensif- intensifying, Matt. And we were graciously, yet again, this has happened a couple times, extended an invite all the way to the Twin Cities to uh, Minnesota, Matt, by a longtime friend and supporter of the podcast, Mary Kirk, for her special day, her big birthday coming up. She has people coming from all over the uh, intercontinental United States. Hawaii even. Uh, and unfortunately we can't do it cause I am likely closing on a house <laughs> the weekend that, uh, they're doing that. But, uh, the hype is real. Uh, these tickets are selling out very quickly. Had we waited till tomorrow till Saturday, I have the real feeling that we would have been frozen out of definitely the Thursday night shows. So if you haven't purchased your Avengers Infinity War tickets and you get them for that first night, you had better get on that by the time you're listening to this later Friday, early Saturday. Yeah, it kind of was the last 12 hours, 12 hours ago being when I saw the trailer, then the last half hour, it's kind of like the penny dropped where it's like, oh, in the trailer, they they really hammer home that this movie is the successor to all the, the box office success of Black Panther, and there's Captain America and Black Panther. Oh, oh man, what does that say about race relations? And can we, that's great. No, oh, it's all these characters that we've loved for 10 years. Oh, boy. Then you look at the tickets and go, oh, this also is going to be the biggest movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Time to act on it. So, Pete, thank goodness Marvel Studios saw in the goodness of their heart to buy a either 15-second or a 30-second commercial on tonight's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., directing <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. viewers to go online to watch the full trailer. Hopefully not while you're watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., of course. Well, they did some things well tonight. They did some things not so well tonight. That was not done very well. Um, do you think that perhaps... The uh, television network that carries your flagship uh, universe connected TV show could show your minute plus trailer, you know, on that airspace instead of saying go to the Internet now. Yeah, we can do a little bit better than that. Um, Doesn't bode well, Matt. Well, Pete, let's drill on down into this episode. Are you ready for the debrief? Absolutely. 
When we catch you up on what went down. Pete, let's start with Alex. That's KVS, Kid Von Strucker. Uh, he might be given Thorazine. What trauma led him here? He's on the couch talking to the to the psychiatrist. He does a nice recap for us. His father, his torture from Ward, and the, all the, the trauma from S.H.I.E.L.D. Alex is ready to talk about April, though. Oh, the month of April? No, the doctor's daughter. Horrified look from the doctor. Alex knows all about the doctor's family, his home life, even how he keeps the window open with the pen. That comes back like 30 seconds later. There's no pen in the window. Boom. He stabs the doctor in the hand with the pen. There's more blood than I think would come out while the pen is still in the hand, but whatever. Uh, and this teaser act closes with Alex saying, I'd like that Thorazine. The title card, Matt, with Yo-Yo, Simmons, Mac, and Coulson. Discussion ultimately centers around prosthetic arms, Matt. Coulson has one. They're way more fun, but does it feel real? It doesn't feel at all. But Mac tries to... Uh, it, it seems like he's trying to lighten the mood. Uh, those aren't the parts that matter, which elicits a Mac out of Simmons. But he wasn't talking dirty. He was talking about heart and soul. Hashtag all heart indeed, Pete. I know there was talk on the interwebs about who's 100 in this episode or something. Mac here. With his all heart. That's 100, as the kids say. Um, with that, it was we get lit, a, fam. Uh, <laughs> with that, we get a uh, Mac and Colson walk and talk. There's warnings of gloom and doom. Uh, the gravitonium will only last a few more days, and they need more gravitonium. You got that, Pete? This is going to be an episode where they need to get gravitonium. And uh, we get some expositional recap. Ian Quinn's Cybertech might have access to it. Pete, are we headed towards a Gravitron story? I know at the end of this episode we're not quite there. Is it? I just hope. I hope next week we get Gravitron. That's just my hope. Or Ian Quinn. Or both. Mm. Um, regardless, uh, it's time to find the mystery doctor who signed the Cybertech staff death certificates. Um, and uh, the team thus assembles, although we have Deke being babysat by Gramps Fitz. Uh, which is going to make up much of your B-plot in this episode. Pete, your thoughts there about the uh, the, the nascent Deke Gramps Fitz interactions? Like the direct grandpa line later under the guise of sarcasm, but actually reality. With that, we cut to Alex sporting quite a big scar on his forehead in what appears to be an empty facility. He grabs food, he palms a knife, what happens next, though, is uh, Dove Cameron's Ruby comes on in. She's got the headphones in. She she ignores him. She she may even be smoldering a little bit. And uh, Pete, let's just say he takes notice of her uh, her presence, nay, her female figure. He wants to also know what is this place? Where are we? Of course, he doesn't get answers, which lead us, Matt, of course, to a parking garage. Yes, they're they're questioning Louis uh, Casalino, aka other aliases, not to be confused with aka Jessica Jones. Uh, the confrontation is initially done by Colson and Quake. 
He fires a shot at them, zooms away. He gets stopped by Mac and May. All of a sudden, hold on, time out. Mac, who I guess was not in, either was not in the earlier scene where they were looking at his mugshot or his like sunglasses, head down, hat on his head, did not reveal the fact, Pete, that this is the candy man. This is a guy who looks like Jake Busey 20 years after I last saw him in a thing. It's Jake Busey. It is. Anytime you can get the spawn of Gary Busey on your recording device, I would highly recommend it. He's um really, really good in The Frighteners, which, Pete, you might not be familiar with that movie because you don't like the movies of Peter Jackson, who also did some other movies in New Zealand. We'll save that for another day. But uh, I have to say, Pete, though there was this moment of oh, Jake Busey is older than I remember him in The Frighteners, 1996. Time has gone by. He is old. I am old. Everything withers. I have to say, Jake Busey looks more grown into his Busey features now than he did. Um, I dug him. I dug the energy. Candyman, Mac Hammer, they hug. Great twist. I mean, I mean, not twist of twists, not, you know, Ward is Hydra, but, you know, just kind of a great change in pace to end the act. Love Gary Busey in Starship Troopers, particularly enjoy him in a small but important role in the uh, film Contact with Jodie Foster. Yeah, he had quite a run. uh, And then I haven't thought about Jake Busey since uh we come out of that act break with some um some recap on him Pete I think that's because well look the episode makes clear he'll be back I think they have larger plans for him but uh can't what's his first name Tony I know I have it later Candyman Kane see what they did there the guy (laughs) who can get you anything or could at that time when he knew Mac get you anything and Mac was the choir boy. He kept the rules. He did the whole thing. Oh, and Hey Matt, Deke found a baseball. (laughs) Well, let's not forget too, that Mac got the nickname Mac hammer because he was an MC hammer fan. Uh, but in what is maybe the only poorly delivered line from Jake Busey, there's kind of the, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about old haircuts. Uh, let's talk about the plot instead. Uh, Operation Paperclip that got Nazi scientists to the United States. Uh, Hydra did that, too, to get people paperclipped to Hydra, giving people second chances. Then Pete, Deke just, he just, hey, Dad, Grandpa. You wanna, hey, you Grandpa wanna Dad. Catch? <laughs> wanna play fetch? Let's play fetch. Uh, yes. Fitz that was a great line. That, that was, was a great, great line. line. Uh, the, the line from the mother about uh, Albert Einstein saying play was the highest form of research also takes on so much more meaning given that Stephen Hawking died on um, Wednesday the 14th, March 14th, which was also, Matt, uh, irony of irony, uh, Einstein's birthday. Pete, Einstein, Fitz, Simmons, the Simmons Fitzes, uh, the, the, the third generation, Deke Simmons Fitzes. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> Pete, it's all people involved in their world. Um, and uh, involved in this episode is there's another anon- anomaly flare 
I think because the episode at this point just needed a little like mm-hmm. kick in the kick in the butt. Your fears are coming alive again. Kill again. your fears. I thought we were um, just doing that for the big one hundredth episode. Well, we cut to Simmons who finds that Yo Yo has fallen. I thought that was gonna be like a fear thing, but it wasn't. Um Pete, maybe this is where Yo Yo's up to a hundred. I, I, it's 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 a moving moment. She's forlorn about her future, the world's future, her inability to act because of her disability, her inability to act because of the eventuality of time, etc. Yo yo, Pete. Yo yo. Busey, meanwhile, is enamored of Max shotgun axe, um, and uh, he wants to know how. Mac has become one of America's most wanted. Uh, but Mac tells him he's seen a lot of dark things, man. You know, there was the whole death lock, the whole dead end there. Uh, Colson, meanwhile, is not sure how he feels about these cyber tech scientists getting a clean slate walking among us. He will not, Matt, I repeat, not be the next John Garrett um, and the discussion between May and Daisy, who are largely sidelined in this episode, um, is that it's not going to happen on their watch, that Coulson is the shield, that they're going to fix him. They may say that. They may do that. In the interim, to me, this was a scene that was not about story seeding but rather story de-seeding there are all there are all these options that could keep colson alive we have one in john garrett and all of that and it's it's almost like systematically the show is coming up with ways to say nope we really mean this we're not going to do the john garrett thing we're not going to do this we're not going to do that and and there's all that potential for or all those potential venues to solve this with a story flourish, the show seems to be taking away. And as we discussed last week in a, in a serious tone, I wonder if that, you know, portends an awful future for, for where the show might go. But uh, Pete, let's go back to KVS, Kid Von Strucker. He finds Ruby, who's she's training. These, she's lethal. She's hitting the old bag. She's throwing the spinny knife thing. Um... However, she, she she says that she does not remember Alex, a.k.a. KVS. Uh, he sees a small scar on her forehead. I will admit, Pete, I was momentarily confused. Wait, she's got a scar, he's got a scar. No, no, separate stuff. It's from a childhood injury. He was supposed to be watching her. He got in trouble for it. And uh, his father beat him in front of her mother and Ruby. And that's when there's kind of the... There's a little bit of a glimmer of, uh, of recognition there. Also kind of the notion of two, uh, two kids who have been uh, you know, mis, uh, misused at the hands of their parents, that sort of thing. The act, though, ends with some juice, Pete. He pulls a, pulls a knife to her throat. He wants to see her mother now. Act three begins with a bench. We have uh, Jake Busey's Candyman meeting a guy. Who was in Cybertech? A doctor who was in Cybertech. His name is Dr. Doctor. Dr. Doctor. uh, He found him. 
this is an official visit, Matt, and Mac is there and he wants the Gravitonium. Uh, Shield says that this guy used to work for Hydra. Does he regret it? He does. He's paid for his sins. Um, but what happened to the Gravitonium? Where did it go? They put it on a cargo ship, the Principia. It sank, of course, during a storm. Uh, so being five miles underwater, you, you can't find it. Not even Fitz can find it. He suspects it's been hijacked by pirates. Simmons points out, though, that could be a lie. These guys are Hydra. Matt, Hydra never lie. Well, it, it takes one to know one. I know that much. Um, we, uh, we have Colson though, believing in Dr. Doctor. Keep looking. Um, Deke, of course, is amazed by all this water and Fitz and Simmons. Pete, they get their first scene together as a married couple, the first scene after their wedding, at this, the halfway point of the episode. I, I wag my finger at the decision to do that. Um, Deke keeps asking, Deke keeps asking all these kid questions, you know, hey, can I have another lollipop? Uh, (laughs) hey, can I have a nickel to go down to the... To, to, to buy the baseball cards. Uh, boy, ain't I a stinker? Um, and Gramps is all like, kid, get out, you whippersnapper. This is too on the nose. I know that it's a yes. nice moment when Deke has the realization later on. But all this like, I'm the irascible Scottish grandfather. Go away, kid. This is not a this is not a football. This is one of these. What are we playing? Rounders here? Meh. You know, like it, it's it's a bit too much, especially for it, a cool cat such as Fitz. It is, and what it does is it undercuts the better, more timely humor that follows the wife-husband discussion. The idea of hyphenating Mister and Mrs. Simmons Fitz. It undercuts that it does and you know I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the the um simmons fits thing because my kind of my initial reaction was like ah such entertaining humor and it was like uh whoa i'm approaching this from a uh, a patrilinear masculine point of view here like they want to go with simmons fits that's fine which both preserves their names but then has both of them change a name in, in, a, in a way that is unconventional. You know, usually if you're going to go hyphenated, it's just the woman and it's maiden name than husband's name. Like, they want to they want to just mix it all up. Like, go for it. Like, Pete, if not, uh, you know, British uh, 20-somethings that are geniuses, if they're not going to be the ones that do that, then who? Not anybody else, really. Um, Which brings us to General Hale here and her two guards entering at the moments of highest tension uh, to let Ruby go. Uh, He wants to know why he's there. And the whole thing about them wanting to chemically lobotomize um, Kid Von Strucker which didn't happen, um, that uh, he was transferred. It's Alex Braun, by the way, now, you know, because I don't want anything to do with my horrible dad who was in Hydra, you know, because Hydra was bad, and you're all bad, right, General Hale Lady? You're, you're in Hydra, right? All parents stink, man. Just let me listen, just let me listen to my iTunes 
music and just get, get out of here. I hate you. You don't understand the way things are. Pete, tell us a little bit, though, about how Hydra was an all-boys club. Well, I take a little bit of umbrage with that statement. Let's remember, Matt, that it was led by a female robot, albeit in a computerized fictional reality. So it's not as exclusive as uh, it's made out here by General Hale, who, uh, though she kept company with uh, Von Strucker's father, there were more common interests, but she she's going to make something better now. Matt Hydra went off the rails, says she, um, and she's she's going to build something new. Inspiring stuff there, and then you just, you take this moment to say, wait a minute. So she wants to make something better which means worse than Hydra. That's a little, uh, that's a little scary, certainly. Um, bottom line, though, is after, uh, after Alex has left the room, uh, Hale then pimps out her own daughter to get inside his head, his heart, to get the info that they want. So just in case you weren't clear who the baddest baddie is, it's definitely General Hale. Uh, one of two marvel moms on fantastic geek podcasts currently who uh, are okay with sending out their teenage daughters to well to do things etc etc so some weird uh i don't know parity there with uh with dorothy in uh, jessica jones but i digress pete let's go back to deke let's go back to the 1970s let's have some of those sweet sweet twinkies they're so good and they cause hallucinations apparently well, I think the hallucinations, I think that was coming anyway since he was still in the fear bubble. But, um, oh, my goodness, now there's this great alternate reading that actually it was just, I don't know, 70s Twinkie badness. Anyhow, it's mom. He, for some reason, in no way questions this, despite the fact that they're in an area where things that you can't trust can suddenly appear. Um, so totally not a fear beast. Uh, she's concerned about him. She has him put the knife down. Uh, she even suggests that they just walk away, take those little steps in the right direction. You know, the family saying, his mom said it, his mom's mom used to say it. Uh, with that, she's attacked by a Cree, turns into a smoke monster, or fades away as a smoke monster. It was all a dream. Then Simmons comes, a little parity there, a little connection there, um, and uh, he says that Fitz doesn't think that Deke knows up from down. Wait a minute, Pete, up and down. You know, because in the next scene, Deke says, uh, but the next scene, by the way, which is in the main computer room, that in no way is a redress of the rock-crushing room, uh, Deke says that they should look for a floating ship up, since it had gravitonium, so it didn't sink down, it floated up. Get it? He doesn't know up from down, but he really knows up and down, because in space there's no up and down. With gravitonium, there's no up and down, so it's up. If I drank Zima, I would need one. Cut to Zephyr 1. They found the floating boat. Uh, and I love how even before the line comes, everyone on the uh, in the cockpit there is nonplussed except for, uh, except for Candy Cane. Candy Man. Candy Cane. Candy Man Cane. You guys see stuff like this all the time? Yep, 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 yep. And uh, with that, Pete, we get the act break. 
we come back into act four here. Uh, Alex is trying to get away, uh, wakes up in bed here. Ruby has heard him screaming his mother. I'm sorry, his mother, uh, her mother, she says is a tyrant, um, that she has been used to get to him. Um, and that ignoring him, letting him touch her, uh, take her hostage. It was all planned and, uh, that she's been told to gain his trust by any means necessary. She only wants what's in kid Von Strucker's head. And is she being truthful? Can he trust her or is this all part of the plan? Pete, it's like the outro music that we used for the Runaways podcast by Fantastic Geek. Parents, they just don't understand. Um, What I do give the scene, initially it was discredit, then it was credit. She saunters on in playing the old honeypot role. And then I I have in my notes, can we still do honeypot stories? Um, But at least the story is then up front because she's saying hey, mom sent me here to be a honeypot, therefore that's undercutting the story's use of it. Um, But the way she leaves, though, Pete, it's got a little of the flirty touch. So I still have mixed feelings as to whether it's appropriate in 2018 to send the sexy young thing in to be, you know, to, to sell her sexuality to the guy in order to get him to share the info or get join the team or be part of the plan. And even though it's kind of done ironically because she's saying that she's doing it, the effect is the same. So I think ultimately I'm not cool with how they use Dove Cameron in this scene, lovely as she may be. I similarly agree. The age, uh, she's playing a woman younger than she really is, but that concerns me. Anywho... Uh, back to Team Colson we go. Good news, Pete. Everybody there is 18 and up. Um, they're on the ship. They're reminded that they have to breathe from their oxygen tanks uh, every so often, which clearly is Chekhov's oxygen tank, except they don't do anything with it. So why do it? Is it just because the people up there died of hypoxia? Guess what? Here's how you solve that. It must have floated way higher, and then they all suffocated, and now it's down at a level where we can breathe. I don't get why it's every so often gotta gotta you know take a hit from the the jewel or the whatever the, the cool kids do these <laughs> days. Um, but bottom line, the crew is dead from An severe hypoxia. Rip. <laughs> whatever they call it. I was so ready for them to be green screened on the deck of this ship with a little rebreather on with some wind, Matt, I could see it. And then we redressed one of these garage interiors that we've used for much of these 13 episodes. We're making it for what ABC was paying for. Um, we, 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 the audience see that there is one masked baddie. Uh, of course that's one of the robot drones. So they're okay to kill and they're okay to shoot. Let's not forget that. That's why they're robot bad guys. Uh, our heroes though, get to the engine room. All the gravitonium has been taken, right? So how's it floating? Mac ends up finding some about the size of a softball. 
uh, and uh, Pete has knowledge for uh, Pete. Deke has knowledge for this. Uh, again, Deke proving himself. Uh, use a plastic box like that toolbox over there. You get the stuff and you run for ninety seconds. Colson says, "Hey, Mac Hammer, can't touch this." Yes. Uh, they of course they get it. The timer starts. It's exactly ninety seconds because that's how TV science works. Uh, which is no problem, except there's a bad guy to end the act. Act five, Matt, begins with more of General Hale's flying monkeys uh, and ultimately culminates with Mac bringing some guests back to Zephyr One before the big drop. Yes, it's a uh, it's a nice fight, particularly once hammer time starts. And uh, I will admit, the bringing of guests, I was like, "What?" And then it, it gets figured out soon enough. Um, we do uh, cut to Hale, who's told that the sleeper mechs have signaled uh, that uh, someone has found the Principia. Uh, back to Zephyr One, they go. They're going to say goodbye for now to Tony Kane. This has been a great day. He's going to dig into Deathlock and give more epi- uh, more information, you know, in another episode because he's going to be back. Ding! He's not under contract for another show, unlike uh, our Michael Peterson uh, Deathlock character. Hence, I think, the bridge there, Matt. But, I, yeah, I think we're going to be seeing more of Jake Busey. Um, we get the discussion between Yo-Yo and Simmons and then Fitz and Deke here, uh, coming on another play date. Yeah. Grandpa. Meanwhile, Matt, Yo-Yo has been stumped. Uh, Mac says, I guess we're doing jokes now, which was kind of my reaction. I, I yeah. don't, it's, it's okay. I guess when she makes it. Um, the fact that somebody wrote it who is not an amputee, I don't know if that makes it okay, but I digress, Pete. We got to talk, Pete, just for a moment here, how, how Simmons is helping Yo-Yo here. Yo-Yo's trying to not lose her faith. Simmons tells her to go slow. Uh, the steps you take don't need to be big. They just need to be in the right direction. Pete, Deke has been hearing this, and Deke clearly is going a little nuts because he's put this all together. I like that the scene is not overwritten. They're back, he says, after a stammer. Uh, And that's Pete when we get everyone reuniting and Mac has brought a present, a mech with arms to end the act. Pete, give us some good news for the tag scene. Something sweet and wholesome like last week where people got married and we celebrated love. (laughs) Instead, we have Ruby in a hall. The bed where Kid Von Strucker has been staying is empty. He finds, I'm sorry, she finds Alex eating. Um, She's got her, you know, Stardust Nation t-shirt on, you know, as the cool kids do. But she tells him the future is ours. You should see who else we got. And we reveal Crusher Creel crushing some weight there. One of his father's old experiments. Um, Hale comes in to speak to Ruby and tells her nice work. How'd you convince him to stay? She told him the truth. One quick thought about this scene, Pete. Alex looks woke 
seeing Crusher crush those barbells, and I think that in Alex's heart, there might be a crush. I don't know. I'm just saying. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Pete, I think we have to start with General Hale slowly revealing herself, not just to be a you know, plain-spoken servant of the American people by virtue of her uh, her service in the armed forces, but setting herself up as the the big bad. She's putting together a super team of bad villains, and um, on top of that, ready to send her daughter out any means necessary to uh, to turn KVS Kid Von Strucker over to the cause. I say, no bueno, mama, no bueno. You cannot possibly identify where I agree with the ideology and the methods of general Hale. Um, you know, Ruby's villainy is of a different sort. Uh, it's villainy nonetheless, but general Hale here on top of the offensive remark that Hydra was an all boys club. Uh, it wasn't fact, but uh, she is a bad person and an even worse parent. Well, also on this list has to be Ruby, who uh, continues to be up to no good. Maybe there is hope in her, particularly if Shield's doing some sort of soft reboot season six, bringing the Disney Channel kid as a hero. I don't know. Um, I'm sure she makes everyone on set feel old, even Chloe Bennett, who's you know 25 or 26 at this point. Um, but enough of the behind the scenes stuff, Pete, she clearly is a master manipulator. She clearly is a lethal presence and, uh, she's, you know, I, I take her at her word that she is just looking for help to overthrow her mother and run the, the evil team herself. And I think she has a definite vision for how that will work, that she's looking at another, uh, empowered person like Creel, uh, somebody who doesn't age, somebody who's strong and has the ability to absorb other people's abilities, right? The absorbing man um, as somebody she can partner with in addition to Von Strucker and his Hydra connections uh, to, to see what they can do free of the yoke of her mother. Time to analyze and theorize. What do you got, Matt? Pete, until I see otherwise, no joke, no flippancy here. I continue to think that the show is setting up some sort of um, cast reboot for next season if the show is picked up. Uh, They continue to tighten the noose around Coulson's neck. No, it's not going to be a John Garrett uh, rejuvenation. No, we're not going to do this. No, we're going to do that. No, we're not going to use the the future tech uh, had that been available in the prior pod. Uh, I mean, similarly here, you just get this sense the Jake Busey character is so fleshed out in the beginning. All right, maybe that's to set up him recurring in a number of episodes. You know, oftentimes we look back and go, you know, what? Bill Paxton was only in six episodes? It feels like he was in you know, 18 episodes. Um, so they certainly know how to get their oomph out of a limited run for a character. But part of me wonders, are they setting him up to recur next season, to join the cast next season? I mean, that's the route Mac took, right? Um, Trip is beloved. He recurred. He was never a cast member. Um, 
does that portend other changes? Does that portend cast changes? I mean, my goodness, even the inclusion of Dove Cameron, the show has a younger audience that watches it. Are there people saying, you know what, I think we can get 22 episodes out of here if the teens have somebody to identify to? Sorry, Chloe Bennett, in the world of Hollywood, you're not cutting it anymore on the teen market, which I, I doubt is true, but um, you know, I, I think we all know how... Uh, how harsh the the Hollywood you know view of age can be, et cetera, et cetera. So I continue to be worried about our dear mothership here, Pete. I do not like the way they are treating Ming-Na Wen uh, between the 100th episode, which really was a sin. And then tonight uh, she's, she's barely been on the TV. And uh, that can't continue to happen. And while what you're saying, there is credence to this that uh, and, and really shouldn't be in 2018 in the heart of the Time's Up Me Too movement when, you know, women are being judged unfairly by their age. But we can have, you know, what what's the, the trope been, Matt, every season that there is a male foil uh, of similar age to that of Clark Craig, you know, uh, how come we can't ever do that with Ming-Na? How come she can't ever have, uh, a, a woman approximately her age that she tangles with instead? What do they do? They have smartly in the past cloned her, you know, had another way to give her a doppelganger so we can get more Ming-Na Wen. We need more Ming-Na Wen again. Well, I have good news in that it's actually bad news in that, um, the show is not only starting now to struggle with using May, in my view. I feel like there's been a constant struggle of how do you make this uh, powerful, capable, emotionally distant character, how do you give her things to do? We had some great stuff with Andrew. That was wonderful. Uh, and certainly when she's opposite the double, that's one way to do it. But there have been whole stretches where it's like, Hey, everybody, we're going to enter the mansion over here. May, uh, you go off screen to go get the van to the front, okay? We'll see you in two scenes in the front. Um, which, I mean, again, I kind of, you know, I say, you know, to what point do you say, all right, this isn't working for me anymore. I, I want changes to the character, or maybe she wants out. I don't know. That Again, it's not something I'm hoping for, but that's, you know, there's been this story pressure on may as well you know may may never fully recover that's got to be a great uh, line to read at the script uh, you know at, at the at the table read maybe may won't ever be a backup to full speed at what point do you go oh what's the show doing with me here so it's it's i feel like there's this trouble bubbling beneath the surface for our dear shield transmissions Let's check the wire, Matt. Pete, we ran our customary poll after the episode. Uh, five, uh, four stars, Emmy worthy. That's a callback to uh, New York Comic Con's uh, Shield panel a couple years ago. Three stars, I Heart Gravitron. Two stars, Where's Your Mom? One star, Arms. Which I feel like was a line that did not land great, by the way. Pete, we had 3% give it one star, 3% give it two stars, 36% give it three stars, a whopping 58% uh, give it four stars. We had uh, three replies from our pal, 
aka Frank Castle. That's at DJ underscore Black, B-L-A-K, 357, uh, who says, I gave it three stars. Not a bad thing. I just knew we would take a step back from two eps of uh, action and emotion. Still better than those dimly lit, slow-paced episodes of the first pod. Deke Fitzsimmons' drama, As the World Breaks, is great. Can't wait to see it progress. Um, uh, He then adds, The Strucker thing kind of came out of nowhere, but I'll go with it. AOS never disappoints when introducing something out of left field. Plus, Ruby has a lot of mystery to unravel. Should be good when it's revealed. Last thing says our pal. If this does wind up being the last season, it would be unjust to have Melinda May go an entire season without a kick-ass fight scene. I know she was injured, but still hoping we can get one final fight. He's Sorry this week's comments were so long. What? I'm going to reply right now. No need to apologize. <laughs> we love your thoughts. We love your feedback, not just from DJ Black, but from everybody. Pete, anything you want to say back to the DJ himself? Well, I think he completely hit it there. Uh, the, the unjust Melinda May handling at this point, we, we definitely have to get some iconic fight scene at some point. And, and yes, she was hobbled earlier in the year and story dependent in terms of the fix there. They, they've got to bring that back. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that this show has the core uh there would seem if they're going to continue for some changes to be afoot so maybe matt this is the calm before the storm where we end in a in a flourish that assures a renewal and then we do the soft reboot for next year with the agents of youth or whatever it's it's going to be the you know the young warriors what have you um, but, uh, yeah, uh, AKA Frank Castle as usual, uh, right on target. Hope springs eternal just as hopefully our entire back catalog and future catalog will continue to be on fantasticgeek.com, iTunes, etc. All of that made possible by our patrons on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Absolutely. Everybody who contributes to patreon.com slash fantastic geek gets exclusive podcast content. And then there's all sorts of levels that you can contribute from there. So get yourself over there. Take a look. Uh, we're, we're so grateful for those contributions. Pete, the best thing, though, is free as free could be talking to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,830 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you like. Comment on FantasticGeek.com, email FantasticGeek at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram as well, where we are Fantastic Geek. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, for those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be back on Sunday to talk more Jessica Jones, then more Jessica Jones, <laughs> then more Jessica Jones, then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you're listening on the S.H.I.E.L.D. feed, we will be back next week to talk more S.H.I.E.L.D. Pete, we are now down to single digits 
for the season. Hopefully not the series. Mm. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. The steps you take don't need to be big. They just need to take you in the right direction.